I think the big change in myself over the last three or four years as an entrepreneur has been uh, about being more data driven. And hmm. uh, you know, you have your instincts, but then you back it with data, and then you're gold. You're golden. This week's guest and questions I wanted to ask is chef and founder of Love Fifteen Patisserie, Pooja Thingra, who is also known as the Macaroon Queen of India. Pooja and I spoke about her ability to be resilient while the various challenges a business throws at you, her love for creating content through her books, through her podcast, and her and her Instagram account, while she runs a successful business, and how she manages to do all of this together in the limited time that she had. Thank you so much for uh, coming on questions. I wanted to ask. It's a pleasure having you. Thank you for having me. Ah, uh, okay. Pooja, tell me. I think your ju- your third book is just. Is it the third book or the fourth book? Sixth. Sixth book. Oh my God! You wrote your first book at what age? Ah, uh, I was about twenty six. I think yes. I was twenty six years old. I always wanted to write a cookbook. I always huh. wanted to write a cookbook. I always, I grew up baking, and I grew up baking in India at a time where baking wasn't as accessible. Uh, the internet wasn't what it is today, so finding recipes was tough. So it was always a dream that I struggled so hard uh, finding recipes for an Indian audience. So my dream was that when I came back from Paris, I was like, I have to write a book that you can go to your local Kirana store and buy like amul butter and amul cream and come home and start baking. So that was the first one. interesting you know the reason i asked you about the book was i want to take a step back and go around 10 years back when you started baking and you came back from france you know uh, as an entrepreneur the first thing that you face is uncertainty right you don't technically we all say oh you have a vision of building this and that and but i feel ki aisa kuch nahi hota hai you just know the immediate step right ki ha like in your case maybe it was i want to bake macaroons and you know get people to yeah. like it uh when what is that process that you know that you said okay i am making macaroons but at the same and i am selling them for a commercial purpose but at the same time i want to write a book and then i want to do this and what what is that mind that's working which is saying okay abhi ye karna abhi ye karna abhi how does your mind like you know think all these new things and i'm talking about 10 years back when i am going to be common. super cheesy here and say it's not the mind but it's the heart so you follow okay. the you follow the rhythm of you know i believe in purpose and i believe in calling and i believe in the universe and all those things huh. and i always feel like my life has always been about me just listening to like the calls of or the whispers of of a sound very sure. like right now but oh, please uh, do that i love this conversation <laughs> no but but that's exactly you know like i feel like intelligently you can sit and plan and say you know this is what i want to do but you know inside all of us we have this sort of feeling that we know what pulls us right like i know when I, i i tried to go to law school for about two weeks and within the first two weeks i was like you just i just knew that something is not feeling right so i try to you know like use this internal navigation system and be like more than you know will this make me a lot of money will it be about fame you know it's it's about is this aligned with how i'm feeling right now is this where i want to you know so that's the way i kind of take it and i don't like i i i just 
you know, I wanted to talk about my struggles of being an entrepreneur. So I did a podcast, you know, I wanted to write a baking book to help people so that they don't have to go through the same thing as me. So that's how the books came about. So it's all about, it's not like this big strategy. Everyone is like, how do you build your personal brand? I didn't even know I was building a personal brand. (laughs) I just knew that I was, you know, I was just doing things that were calling um, that felt like a calling and I was following that. And I think that, you know, when you do that and you align with purpose, um, things tend to seem to fall into place. But tell me at the age of 20, 25, uh, how do you know what's your purpose? You know what your purpose is for them. I don't think your purpose is the same through the through your life, right? I feel like through different kind of uh, times in your life, your purpose kind of keeps shifting and moving and you know your the base of it. I mean, I knew when I was 16, I was like, you know, this is what I want to, I want to, I, some, someday I want to open a cafe. Like I could have, I used to have like, you know, visions of what that would look like, what that would feel like. Which is why when I started in law, I knew that something doesn't match and I have to follow what I really want to do. So, um, and I think everyone does have that at some, you know, you're probably not listening to it or you're probably not Mm -hmm. like paying enough attention. Um, But that's what passion and ambition and all those things kind of come together, right? Like the reason why people say follow your passions, I don't think it, it, it just means like, you know, if, if you love something, make it your job, but like kind of try to understand where it's taking you. Is it teaching you something new? Um, so that's how I use it. But tell me, you know, self-awareness is one thing, but actually getting to kind of execute your passion or actually a lot of us are self-aware. We know our strengths and negative this is what we really like or enjoy, right? But a lot of times you don't, this thing, how, how do you get to actually, you know, starting to do things which you, which you feel are your calling or your purpose or whatever? You know, I just feel, and I've thought about this a lot. I think for me as a person growing up, I didn't have that pressure of perfection. You know, in mm. school, I wasn't the, I wasn't like your topper. I wasn't some, I was like an average student. You know, I did, uh, my parents were, had not too many expectations as long as I was, you know, I was hardworking. That was mm. all, you know, like my brother was the intelligent one and I was the hardworking one. And I had to always work extremely hard to get even like things that came so easily to my friends or my, you know. So I've always been that person who's ready to to do the work and not expect too many results. And um, But that just became a part of my personality. And then when I actually moved to Switzerland and I started studying hospitality and I was doing the things that I love doing, I saw the, the you know, for the same effort that I was putting, I saw that, you know, the rewards were like exponentially higher. So um, I think in me, it's just about that childhood thing of like, not, there's no fear of failure. Mm-hmm. There's no fear of, you know, and you, you work so hard and you, because the goal was never the, the final result. The goal is always a process for me. So it's mm-hmm. not about let's build something and then get to that, you know, the, the end result is this, but it's like, I'm really enjoying creating this. And this is the process I love for me, um, seeing a thought turn into something and like, you know, seeing that process is why I do certain things rather than, so for me, writing the book was the most important part because I was testing recipes, I was working on it, etc. Once the book is done, like all this Promoting it is tedious for me. Like that, that part is not like joy, but writing it is joy. So I, once it's done, then I don't expect anything from it. I'm like, have I given it my best? Have I done what I wanted to? 
So I think it comes from there, you know, because I've seen friends and and family who have such high expectations of themselves. They have such high, like, you know, this fear of failure that I'll do it. And if I won't succeed, kya hoega? And, you know, so for me, I don't have that. I'm like, just put in the work and whatever has to happen will happen. But tell me now when you've built this big brand, people call you the macroom queen of India and, you know, this thing, does that fear of failure come now? Uh, it did and it, it does and it did last year especially at the start of the pandemic right because which is like a die for yeah. all the die F&B businesses exactly exactly yeah and so for me that was actually the the time where it wasn't so much about fear of failure but almost seeing like everything that you had built from scratch just kind of there was a possibility of it all going away you know so we were at a stage where we were like acha you know i had i have i have a pros and cons list of keeping the business alive or shutting it down and i was like i just patted myself on the back for completing 10 years of law 15 and i was like you know i i said okay 10 years means it's it's a given now you can you know the business is you can call it successful but uh, yeah reality was something completely different so it was more of um, there was not a fear of failure but it was a fear of losing you know the standard thing that built. i felt yeah yeah and then you actually had to let go of some of them as well yeah i did and it was heartbreaking because it was like it was in my head like that was never something that would ever happen because you built something from scratch you built it with you know so much love and this was the, the realization of that childhood dream you know that cafe that i used to have visions of this was it and uh, you know it would it, it was finally like it was profitable it was doing really well and you know it was great there was un, under no circumstance was there a time where i would say ki we'll have to shut this hmm. so when that option even like you know was floated in front of me i was like devastated i said you know how can how is this possible but then it came to a, a situation of you know like cutting the arm to save the body sort of thing and hmm. i'm looking back i mean you know it was the best decision that i could have made Hmm. I mean, considering none of us knew how long this was yeah, going exactly, on and all exactly, of that. Exactly. I mean, but I have to say that it was my one of my favorite outlets of yours. Though I still miss the Lokhanwala outlet. I, oh, I, I yeah. have to tell you this. I have a lot of memories from the Lokhanwala outlet. Really? A lot of firsts there for me. So I mean, uh, some of the. Le- le- I mean, I guess that's what the beauty of about building a brand is, right? So many people, you know, associate your brand with first and memories that are built and all, and it's amazing. And you know, I was constantly thinking that how. So you know, even with your chat, I realized that you're somebody who's a very uh, spiritually awakened or a self-aware person, right? Which means you're very intuitive. How do you bring on to that logical switch on to that logical side when you have to take such a strong decision? like say shutting down an outlet um, and women especially struggle with that if if i'm not wrong i think for me it was a the, I, i had my back against the wall i had no other option and um, i think the big change in myself over the last 3 or 4 years as an entrepreneur has been uh, about being more data driven and hmm. uh, you know you have your instincts but then you back it with data and then you go you know golden so yeah. um, everything pointed towards you know instinctively also i knew that if i didn't do this we would be in a terrible place so there was you know that plus the data to to back it up so i think there was it was heartbreaking like i was you know i i was, my friends were tired of me crying every day they were just like okay you know i got to stop crying now um but yeah it just you know 
I still remember when I put out the, you know, I wrote an article and I put it out when yeah, I shot yeah, it. The love that that cafe has, I, I didn't even realize that something that I built, I knew that I loved it, but to actually see the love that people had for it, for me, that was mind blowing. And that just made me, it gave me a reassurance that I'll be fine. You know, no matter what I do, if I can build something like this once, I can build it again. And it gave me kind of a confidence and self-belief in my own abilities more than anything, more than anything else. Interesting. Interesting. I mean, I'm feeling emotional about this fact that, <laughs> you know, when you shut down the Lokanwala, this thing, I was yeah. like, oh my God, this is where the first time my daughter ever had a Mac room, oh. right? And yeah. she was very, very small at that time. And I used to take her for little, like those Mac room dates and her love for Mac room started from there. And, yeah. you know, it continues and there is a, there are stories around it, which I'm probably going to tell you later, oh. but um, it's, it's beautiful what you created. Uh, but, you know, uh, when you are at the at the beginning of a creation, whether it's a business, whether even for that matter, a book, right? Uh, we all know that you write a book, but the actual uh, buying of that book doesn't support the numbers. You still went ahead and published your, you self-published it, right? Uh, uh, you self, I mean, what is what is that uh, conviction that 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 you had in your mind saying, Ki, nahi, main book karungi publish and it'll do well? So the first two books I didn't self-publish. The first okay. two books, the first one was Penguin and the second one was Hachette. And I mean, I just saw the numbers. They were insane. They were great. I don't think any other Indian cookbook or any other book at that has sold that level. And for me, you know, my business sort of brain went into play and I said, this is great, but I think I can pull this off myself. And if I can pull this off myself, there's, you know, I put in my whole heart, soul, effort, all of that in it. And I pretty much have distribution. I have a backend that can sort it out, you know, because we do shipping, the business has all that inbuilt. And I anyways, you know, recipe testing, all of that I have free. So it just made logical sense. So I, so I actually used the, the revenue from the first two books and saw the sales numbers and then used that as a, you know, I didn't start my first book and say I'll self-publish. I hmm. went okay. through that process and saw, you know, actually had proof of concept and then said, okay, this works. This is great. I think I can do it. Let me try it. Interesting. So between books, between content, uh, between running a full-fledged and retail business is generally very operationally heavy, yeah. right? And trying new recipes. Uh, and you're a young girl. Whatever said and done, you have a social life and family, etc. How how do you kind of figure this time? Like, what is what is your approach to time management? If I have to ask. So that? you know, to be very honest, um, the first few initial years of Low Fifteen, um, there was nothing but work. Uh, you know, I started young. I started twenty three, and if if anyone set up a business, you know the kind of uh, time and energy it takes from you. And so I was working fourteen fifteen hours a day, and then I was exhausted exhausted to do anything so I missed I lost out on friendships you know I ended relationships I didn't have time for anything my parents barely saw me and looking back would I do it differently yeah I would love to say yes but then I wouldn't have been able to achieve what I have if I hadn't put in that time after 10 years or 12 years of doing this I realized that that's not a sustainable lifestyle and that's not something to you know that's not something that I uh, dream of living or, or a life that I dream of living. 
yes, running your business requires a lot of time, a lot of effort. And if you are bootstrapped and you're doing it yourself, you don't really have the help that you need. So my goal is eventually to get to a place where, um, you know, I've hired really great talented people to do uh, much smarter than me who can do a much better job than me and I can do all the creative work and do the stuff that I truly enjoy doing. And for now, I just, uh, you know, I kind of dabble in it. I balance everything. I made it, the pandemic really help kind of realign all those things and restructure time and understand where your energy is going to, who it's going, all of those things. Um, so yeah, I make it a point to leave work at 6, 6.30 now. I come in at 9 and um, I take my Sundays off. So I kind of balance everything between that week. And um, yeah, the the whole idea is to not get overwhelmed by the amount of work there is. You know, that happened to me once last month where there was a lot happening and it was a lot happening all together and it was a bit overwhelming. And I had to just step back and like arrange everything and say, okay, what is happening today? Can you handle today? Take it one day at a time. And then after three days, I was like, okay, I got this. It's fine. You know, the reason I'm asking is also there are a lot of us now who, you know, thanks to the internet and thanks to the pandemic, a lot of us are doing side hustles. So for example, I'm, I work full time on something else, but I'm doing this podcast because this is something I was passionate about, right? Uh, a lot of the stuff that you're doing, whether it's content on Instagram and other platforms or even your book, which is something, even your podcast, how do you then divide time between a full time, you know, full-fledged that behemoth of a business that you've created and following your passion are they part of the work day or do you keep separate days or do you keep hours or like you know how, how does that work for you how do you bring consistently to doing passion to following your passion also for me I think it's very important to do these side things because a lot of my creative energy comes from them Sure. Um, a lot of, you know, like, because when you're doing one thing consistently, you sort of, I feel, you know, you're, you're sort of, you get into a zone where you're just on autopilot. Yeah. So doing these things and throwing yourself in really difficult situations, whether it is learning a new language or, you know, writing a book or doing a podcast or whatever, I feel like it brings back creativity and joy to my actual day job. Um, so I actually love it. I make sure that my week is structured in a way that, I have certain, you know, certain number of hours every week that I'm doing this. Um, I obviously am very lucky to have a very large team now that helps me with a lot of things. <clears throat> so even for the book, I had like four assistants working on the recipes while I was, you know, so I'm, um, it's, 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 it's delegation that's very important. It's hiring the right people. That's very important for me at this stage. And then I managed to, you know, fit everything in. Interesting. Interesting. Tell me uh, specifically more to do with content when you started, uh, you know, posting content. I don't know. Was it deliberate or was it something that you said, oh, I really enjoy this. Let me do this more. Or was it like, oh, it's going to aid my business. I have the reverse problem of everybody. People have to tell me stop posting, you know, because I have friends who like spend hours making a post, thinking of a caption. And I'm like, you know, when Instagram first started, I've been on it for 10 years. Yeah. And I actually moved phones. I used to have a Blackberry. And then I saw a friend from the States who posted this, you know, this sepia color picture. And I looked at it and I said, I was, it was love. And I was like, what is this? And he's like, oh, it's an app called Instagram. And I was like, oh, I want it. He's like, yeah, but you need to get an iPhone for it. And I had, you know, just had a Blackberry. And it was, it was Low 15's first year of business. And then I, I, I sold the Blackberry, got an iPhone. And I, for me, I was hooked. 
Like I don't even know, um, you know, it became the phone became an extension of my my hand, and I was just documenting. I've always been um, a documenter or storyteller, you know. Like even now, I have pictures. You know, I have like a friend was over the other day, and she, you know, we were going through old school albums, and she picked out an album, and she's like. you realize we were 12 or 14 in this picture and she like it's not an event like nothing is happening we were all just meeting at your house to chill but there are photographs of this day you know and actually when taking this by film and getting it processed and all of that wasn't just you know so easy as it is today so i think for me that's always been the case and i've always been that person so i have like every memory from every school thing from every college thing i have like first tickets of first dates and you know like everything that is stored so for me it just became like a way to document all of that now online and um, you know slowly over time i started seeing the power of actually what a community can do and um, you know also not feeling so alone right because entrepreneurship is a very lonely journey and lonely you are yeah and when you are you know i i don't i don't have co-founders that's one thing i really wish i did and it just suddenly started feeling like oh i'm not alone you know like this person is also doing this 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 and yeah and i just over time that you know stories have changed the the way i look at things have changed but i still try to be as uh true to what i do on a daily basis and it's all like you know like i told you it's never been a strategy it's always been about oh you know this is how i'm i'm living my life in a way i can share a part of my life or whatever work i do etc interesting but uh, tell me you know you mentioned about the fact that you never had a co-founder uh, and i know and today if you go to any vc or any guy who funds the company the first thing they will ask you is who's your co-founder right and you know this yeah. uh, you know has it ever thought ha- has you know what have been those thoughts when i'm sure you've had conversations finance related conversations funding related conversations yes no whatever what have have you ever pondered about you know the fact that oh if i had a co-founder you know i would have maybe been able to do this or stuff like that and the fact that you're a woman running it uh what has been that like Oh yeah those are very loaded questions um yes. i too, think two loaded two, questions two 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 loaded questions so i'll take the 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 second question first um so being a woman in this this industry anyways you know it's and being a young woman you know yeah. so i always thought it was because of my youth i never thought that you know this person is being like that because i'm a girl i thought he just thinks i'm inexperienced yeah. and um i just very early on knew that there's a lot of discrimination but instead of focusing on the discrimination i'm just going to focus on the positive parts because there's both right there's always every situation has has two sides and simple things like you know people not taking you seriously when you're younger it's a male dominated industry um you want to rent property you want to buy expensive machinery everyone wants to know where the man is i've been asked where's your husband where's your father uh, you know one guy was even like uh, oh aapke husband off ho gaye kya you know like at 23 i was asked if my husband died is that why you're doing this alone so to me i decided that uh, you know i was very lucky to have my father who uh, you know loved looking at this part of the business so i was like okay if a landlord wants to meet you just come with me and you know meet and and this and that so for the first few years he did that 
and now you know i've just it now now i don't think it matters anymore as much um sometimes it still does but i've just become resilient and i don't kind of you know look at that part of it um what i do differently is i make sure that at least i build a team in which there's you know a lot of equality and we have you know out of the 70 people that we have almost 50% are women and um, that's the the idea that you know you can change the great thing about being a ceo of this company is that you can dictate what the culture is going to be like and and actually create individuals who will then go on and and spread that message later um that was the second one and the first one was about the co-founder uh i've you know um i dream of like this day that i will have this perfect co-founder who will who i can share responsibilities and 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 part of the business with uh that hasn't happened yet and so i'm still looking if anybody uh, wants to join love 15 um for most funding related questions and things like that we've gone through our, our first round four years ago and uh, we're doing a second one very shortly it's not been such an issue about a co-founder but the team is you know who the team is has been obviously very important and rightly so um i think for me that also you know hiring the right people identifying who can complement your strengths for me that it's been a real journey understanding that whole learning part. yeah yeah and what has helped you most in you know in of course experiences and your own failures and mistakes are the biggest learner yeah. but besides that is there anything else that and I'm, the reason i'm asking you is because there are a lot of women like you uh, you know who want to learn not just women i think men also yeah. who don't have backgrounds in entrepreneurship or who are building something which is just completely from scratch what have what are those guiding lights or you know pillars that have supported you in that process so, <clears throat> so i actually got a leadership coach last year mhm and i think a lot changed for me once i actually had someone who i could talk to about work and identify my own shortcomings identify my own strengths and i think that as as self actualized as anyone is you know when you're in a work situation and you're in a leadership role um people want different things from you at different times and for you to kind of understand what that is and how to set boundaries how to identify what is what how to hire better things you know everything so for me actually getting a leadership coach truly helped because i could identify see all my blind spots um you know the even the expectations from yourself right um i would be so angry when i would be like why didn't i see this coming why didn't i do this and she would just be like how can you blame yourself for you know not having the experiences you you without actually going through the whole process so i think it was a it was a big mindset shift um in that manner so i i think any any mentor any leader anyone that you can actually talk to get help because someone's been there someone knows how you know i'm not like you know re- reinventing the wheel here um so for me that really helped and i also feel like you know in this whole um you always have to show that you are successful and you are you know great and you're doing amazing and all of those things i think for me what has really helped is always being true and honest and vulnerable as much as possible so even when i go to mentors or even when i go and ask for help it's never about like you know it's like okay this is what i'm struggling with can you and when someone sees you being really honest and 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 open about your struggles are more likely to come and help you and tell you hey i can figure a solution out for this 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 so yeah you know your own life experience will 
life experiences and failures will teach you but get help from mentors teachers coaches but tell me when you when you are vulnerable and you know uh, this is an interesting subject when you are vulnerable and you reach out to mentors sometimes in your industry and sometimes outside right there is this fear of being judged there is this fear of being taken weak uh uh how do you balance that because you know sometimes when you are reaching out you have to tell the exact story like the situation that you're in but you can equally be judged and you know be put in a box saying okay this one this business is run by whatever someone weak or whatever how how do you take that how do you tackle that you know i never really think about that for me it's as long as i know how i feel and who i am it doesn't matter what you are going to think of what i can do or cannot do you know mm-hmm. so i never I, i and this is something that my father always tells me as well is that to remove this fear because these are all like fear reactions right you fear someone's going to judge you you fear someone before anything has even ever happened maybe they won't judge you maybe they've been in the same place right so um i think it's very crucial to i know it's easy to say and it's you know like when you're actually in that vulnerable position it's a bit tough but from experience i've learned that um honesty it just goes a really long way you know and people are pre- and and true bravery comes from that to me so i uh, that's the, you know at least that's the mindset that i have and that's the philosophy that i follow i just feel that it, the world will be a you know better place if everyone is just shows their true vulnerabilities and doesn't try to hide everything interesting tell me in a business which is which is uh, you know primarily the fnb industry in india is primarily run by men uh you know by maybe because of the nature of business or whatever of course now you see a lot of women owners coming up etc but uh, which means there's a lot of competition for you as well right you uh, competition being backed by larger corporations etc etc do you ever feel that there is a boys club exists that exists out there and you are not obviously not part of it and it kind of you know sabotages your brand or you or whatever Do you, how do you i mean of course because i'm sure that competition is there and when men come together that's boys club uh <laughs> and yeah. because there's majority <laughs> and because there's majority i did uh, feel that at the start you know i did i i couldn't ever articulate what that was but i did feel it at the start of low 15 um also because there was no culture of like chefs hanging out etc there was, it was mostly restaurants and, and more so i did feel it but you know what we like a bunch of us chefs we just got together and we were like hey let's all be friends and so now we're a group of you know 25 30 chefs across the city and even more that all meet hang we go to each other for advice we kind of you know um so that was just that didn't exist so i think that thing of just being like hey we all can be friends and it doesn't have to be like i'm better than you and this is competition and this and that so that change happened about 8 years ago when kelvin and i one night was like every monday night we're doing chef's night and all of us are free on monday night so we'd all meet every monday drink and just like get to know each other better um but it does exist i don't think it's as bad as it would be in a in a corporate world but um in the initial years of love 15 yeah i think that was but did it stop me from doing what i wanted to do or did it was it a deterrent in in business i don't think so interesting i i guess i think you found answers or solutions for uh things in your own manner always uh tell me you know with with respect to i'm going back back to 
content and podcast and books okay it's also my way of understanding this thing uh, i'm a content person i work with mentors etc uh, i work with creators etc right uh there's a lot of a lot of creators today especially people who are maybe 4 or 5 years old in the in the entire content funnel right they're all uh, uh what do you say burnt out right because that constant thing i mean bur- burning out can happen even in the business but especially with content as a process because there's a loop that happens how how have you you know managed to not get burnt out uh putting content uh out there like and you're doing a lot of content you're actually creating a lot of content as good as any full time content creator would do uh i know it's a skill set but still how what are those what i mean and i think and i i i understand where you're coming from and i i felt that last year when um, the lockdown happened and suddenly life was kind of paused right and that then mm. so like i said for me content creation happens as a by product of what i'm doing and then suddenly i wasn't doing anything you know uh so that was definitely for me the first time when i understood this and i was like oh uh you know real respect to people who like wake up every morning and say this is what i'm going to create today and then i started thinking of things and saying okay if i had to do that what would i create you know if i right now if i didn't have low 15 what would i do what kind of content would i create and that that's the first time i started thinking about it and i've actually put it into action and i have yeah, a new, I've been seeing your videos <laughs> yeah i have a new series called uh, talk pastry to me that yeah. launches uh, soon on instagram and it's basically just me meeting different chefs and having them teach me one thing every week because i believe mm. like i you know i believe in learning and being a student always so i was like okay what would be really cool is for all these amazing talented people and i haven't been to pastry school in 10 years so i was like come and teach me something new and we learn how to do something together and so if i'm going to be a content creator then this is the kind of content i will create that's also educational that people can see it's you know it's going to be delicious etc so um that was uh, you know something that sparked this idea but for um you know the most part of it because my days are so busy and so full and i just do it as an extension of what i'm doing it's easier but when work stopped and that paused it became very challenging thought of ideas let me on that note uh, i mean it's it's interesting you mentioned about this series i was actually referring to the kind of videos that you've been putting about your life your work life and stuff like that you've been i think off late a uh, little been putting uh, a lot of people see you as somebody who's amazingly networked okay uh, i would see it as a by product of the work that you've done all these years uh, the clients that you've yeah. had and all of that but still is there something that you know people can learn from the fact that how do you maintain with so many people around you how do you ma- manage to be you know in touch with people people remembering you on some of the most important moments in, in of their life and this i mean this this business has tough competition between home chefs to you know what you've built to five star yeah. hotels to etc yeah. uh, i think it's more of the experience that you provide as a as an individual as a brand etc but tell me how in all of this how do you how do women network especially women because we're always a little hesitant to reach out first we're always a hes- little hesitant to do that small talk men can easily do it uh women find it a little more difficult to do when you started out how was it versus of course I'm, i know that things would have been things are easier now but when you started out what was it like 
you know so when i started out it was actually i was 23 i had lived in europe for 5 years i studied hospitality i lived in a school where there were i was with 60 different nationalities you know my roommate was brazilian my best friend was german it was just a way where my mind just kind of opened in a way where it was like the world just came together for me and so when i came back i had all of this energy of newness and discovery and i wanted to you know i was i had when i was when i left india when i was 17 um you have such a specific idea of who you really are and then you kind of really discover your personality and uncover that um and you know i'm a hospitality student this is what we do this is the business of hospitality right it was of meeting people and experiences and all of that so for me i i love it you know like i love meeting people i love having people over i love like getting to know people i have a strange um uh thing of i'll always remember people's birthdays what they like and allergies like i meet you once if you tell me your birthday i i met someone eight years ago and i know when their birthday is and what they're allergic to like i just seem to remember these things without having to try so um i i think it's also about making people feel special and i think you know like you said when you're in a profession which is part of people's special moments and they you know you just also become attached to that memory and joy and happiness for that so um actually when i started it was great because i was i wasn't going out at all i was just working long hours but i was creating you know the work i was doing was for people's you know occasions that they sort of remembered and this and then i feel like friendships just form naturally you know you yeah. know a lot of people but then there are certain friends that that you know that come together you you know certain friendships fall apart i think it's just a part of life i i don't think that uh, i genuinely just love people i love getting to know people and um that's that's where it comes from i really want to know what your childhood has been because here is this person who's an entrepreneur who's very very creatively inclined uh who's very self aware uh and loves people what a what a good combination i mean no wonder you've been able See, to you are if you are if you are if you are a fat kid when you're growing up and you know it's just i just feel like a lot of those challenges from my youth are actually things that are helping me now because it's just you know you've always been this person who's i i've always been like this since i was little there wasn't you know i was always the friend the girl in school who was everybody's you know like who bought cake to school and who was you know and then then you kind of learn to pick and choose and see you know who are the people that really matter to you and then over time you know the it it becomes clearer and things but the essence of the person still remains the same absolutely and all it all builds up in the form of a story the story that you've created interesting well yeah i think we're almost done with our lots of questions i think for me the most important part is uh, and the most beautiful part i think i've got from this conversation is how self aware you are and you've been like that uh, you know for 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 a very it's long it's a work in progress it's a work in progress it's a lot of therapy it's a lot of coaching it's a lot of it's not like you know it's it's a work in progress it's not something that happens overnight we all evolve and we all learn <laughs> and that's how we improvise yeah. tell me if if you were to if you were to take back from i mean it's a very common question but if you were to take back what are the three most important things or priorities 
you know, looking back at your life and now, what are the three most important things in your life now? Uh, From a priority perspective. Sorry, I, I don't think. What, is, what are the top three priorities in your life? That's a, that's a tough one. Uh, I think the answer would be very different 18 months ago. Sure. Uh, today, I think my first priority is truly um, my family and myself to make sure that we all are okay, that, you know, we are, uh, that I'm spending enough time with my family, that I'm giving enough time to my relationships and my commitments. Um, building Law 15 and seeing it grow and, you know, every, all the, all the different uh, ideas and plans that I have for it would be number two. And then um, number three would be just to keep learning something new always. I don't ever, I feel like if when you stop learning things, you become stagnant. So I don't want to be stagnant. I want to just flow and see what comes next. Okay. The last loaded question. And I know it's the heaviest question of this <laughs> thing. We Though we started with it. But what in building all of this, what is ultimately your purpose? Why Why do you do all of this? I think it's a it's a work in progress. I'm I'm understanding it every day as we go, and you know every year I learn something new. A lot of it has just been about understanding myself better and getting to know you know who I really am without being apologetic about it. Um, but yeah, I you know we 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 talk about this at Love Fifteen a lot, and I think the main purpose in whatever form or, or shape it is is just to be to bring more joy into people's lives. So whether that is through food, whether that is through uh, a podcast, whether that's through, you know, a book, it doesn't matter because the, the center of it is always about joy. Beautiful, beautiful. If I, if you, if I were to tell you, I think uh, what you do is you create memories for people which is, and beautiful memories. So thank you for doing that. And I think, uh, thank, thank you for inspiring so many women across the country, men and women. And I think in my mind, building something which is not there, which is always the toughest part and surviving sometimes, you know, just slithering through it, sometimes failing badly and actually acknowledging your failures. So thank you for doing all of that and creating, you know, examples for us to follow. Thank you so much. If you've enjoyed listening to this episode, then do follow me on social media for more updates and short format content. You can search me by the name Anshu Patni Singhi on Instagram and on Twitter. If you have suggestions, please write to me or message me on Instagram and Twitter. I'll be back the next week.